right, everyone. Hello and welcome to Penny for Your Thoughts, a life skills podcast. I am here with Vincent Webb out uh, of Guilford County, and I am Jordan Jeffries James. I'm the FCS agent in Rockingham County. And today we're going to do something different. We haven't, we haven't done a, uh, yeah, a podcast where we have different. a visual to it. Um, so we're, we're going to give it a try. We're going to actually record this one and, uh, and let y'all see our, our, our sparkling faces and stuff like that. So uh, today we're going to be talking about food safety. Um, which I think is a, I, I personally find it pretty interesting. Um, just like the different concepts of, of yep. uh, how to keep your food safe. Um, mm-hmm. The statistics in there as well. Like you don't realize how many people actually get sick from food. Yeah. Um, yep. And then we're just going to talk about some general practices and how to keep your food safe at home. Um, so just starting out, go ahead and throw out, throw out a, a statistic. Uh, every year it's estimated that one in six Americans uh, get sick from uh, a foodborne illness, and that yes. leads to 128,000 people being hospitalized. Yep, 3,000 of them dying mm-hmm. um, from foodborne illnesses, and again, that's one in six, so about 48 million people each year. So that's like a, that's something that people don't think about. Like it, 48 million, that's like a, a stat. It's like okay, that's a lot of people, but does it really matter? But then when you hear one in six, it's like you can get a handful of people in a room. One of y'all oh. is probably going to get sick this year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and to just increase upon that, Jordan, like most people don't know that for every 30 possible cases, only one really gets reported. Mm. Um, So imagine if all 30 of those actual cases got reported. Um, It would shoot up. up. But a lot of folks say, "What, what was the old term back in the day? Well, child, that didn't agree with me. Or, oh, it's a 24-hour bug, I'll be all right. But in reality, it was something you ate a few hours ago um, that, that might have done it to you. And a lot of folks think that, oh, it was what I had for lunch, but it right, might have been what you had for breakfast or the night before. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it grips people in many ways, and it's so deceptive, and we yeah. don't even realize it. Yeah, and some foodborne illnesses can take a few days mm-hmm. to, uh, show up. to show up. So it kind of makes it difficult to place what it could have been. Oh yeah, um, and so yeah, I, I spoke with some people at the environmental environmental health, and I shadowed them on one of their their trips, and they're talking about just like the process of tracking down what the source of the illness could be, mm. right? So it could be like a potluck where you have a bunch of different people that are bringing food in. That makes it even more complicated because like there's a lot of people involved in that. People bringing things from home. Oh yeah, variety of different dishes in a community setting, um, right? So you don't really, you know. It's hard to track it down when it's that many moving pieces involved. Correct. Um, and like like you said, it could be multiple days. It could be a day. Mm-hmm. It could be the same day that you get sick. So you never know. Mm-hmm. Right? For sure. For sure. Um, but moving on, we want to talk about just, you know, so we know the, the significance and why we should actually worry about this. We know that mm-hmm. it's important to think about food safety, right? Yes, absolutely. Well, what are some, what are some tips on like basic tips, the very, very, the very base level of trying to keep our food safe. Um, now, if we're talking about I'm pulling out of the refrigerator and I'm cooking. So most folks have kind of beat poultry and stuff like that to death. Like we don't got past, oh, we need to be at 165. No, we actually do not need to. I'm going to just go ahead and put this controversial one out there. No, we don't need to be washing our chicken. We do not need to be watching our chicken. Uh-huh. I'm going. I'm going straight. I'm going straight there. 
All right? All those chicken juices fly. And then some folks want to say, oh, well, I'll soak mine. No. You just leaving a whole bath full of bacteria to harbor. That's funny. So, I thought you were going to say that to the end. He said, let me drop these bombs early. <laughs> yeah, but that's one of the, I mean, we done beat it to death. And, you know, with all of our material from both universities, like we done, we done beat that horse to death. So I just wanted to go ahead and get that out there. But we'll have some other things at oh. the end, too. Oh, no, but we, we should, it's out there. You might as well talk about it. We, yeah. So it's funny because, like, a lot of it is like it's a cultural thing, too. It like, is. You know, very much we, up, we saw people wash chicken. It was something that, like, we thought had to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people swear by it. Like, you, I've had classes a few years ago, like, when I first started, when I was working with you here in Guilford County, I remember teaching the class. And um, I was talking about food safety and we're talking about chicken. And I showed them uh, a video and some stats about, like, you know, you don't really need to wash your chicken because we're going to cook it. Right, and if you could, you could hear crickets as soon as I said they're like they're looking around like, hey, what is, who's this guy? Who? And why do we bring him, him in here? <laughs> Whose man is this? And I was just thinking, I, I was like, for me, like it made sense once I read it. Like at, when I was at home growing up, even for me, like people wash chicken, like that's how that's how our family did it. And you know, oh, yeah. me too. After I hearing about too. like, all right, the way that we actually get rid of the bacteria is by cooking it to a certain temperature. You said one sixty five. That's right. And that made sense in my head, but. For most people, it's like, no, nah, I'm going to wash my chicken either way. Even uh-huh. after you tell them, you don't really need to do that. Because, you know, what can happen is, you know, that can increase your risk of spreading that bacteria around the kitchen. Right. right. Because the grocery store or the processor before it gets to the grocery store has already done that for you. They have already processed and washed, uh, the chicken. washed that mm-hmm. chicken and stuff like that. We are no longer living in a lot of the times, unless you're homesteading and things like that, where we're processing our own birds. Okay, so um, back in the day, you wring that chicken neck, let it drain. You get ready to de-pluck, you know, pluck off the feathers and all that. Dip it in your boiling pot. Not too much. because You don't want to actually cook the chicken. Let the feathers fall off the whole process. And you had to wash that bird because it was a lot of contact with uh, systems that harbor a lot of bacteria and other pathogens. But we, we don't do that. Most people are not doing that. In fact, a lot of people are saturated in either cities or suburbs where they couldn't even fathom that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, just following the process, whether it's vegetables, meat, poultry, whatever it is, cooking and keeping it safe throughout the process. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, yeah, man, I mean, I think it was very cultural for us to mm-hmm. do that. Washing our chicken, our meat. um, and things like that. Uh, I know you just going back to the original question that you asked, like, what do we want to be looking for? We want to first be looking at before you even get it home. Mm-hmm. All right. So if you know you're going to be picking up like things like meat, poultry, chicken, eggs, milk, things that need to be refrigerated, take your cooler back. All right. That's a practice that I haven't even mastered. Because we just get in the go of life. But one thing that my wife does that helps us out is keep it in the car. Keep it in the car. When you keep it in the car, you'll be ready to go when you need to make that grocery trip. Planning, planning, planning. Know what when you're going to go grocery shopping. Things like that. All right? Looking and knowing how to identify dates. Best buy versus used buy versus ex- expired. Um, we know that Best Buy is more of a quality thing. 
All right. Use by is like, no, the manufacturer said, hey, you need to use it by this date um, or there will surely be a quality issue and it may be a safety issue as well. Um, so looking at that, OK, uh, a lot of times we need to be uh, getting our food. Don't make those extra stops. Uh, maybe a gas trip might be OK after, but not making a whole lot of stops, maybe a quick drive through but not a whole lot of stops. Um, keeping that time uh, where food like those uh, foods that need to be kept cold or even some fruits and vegetables are out of the heat um, and out of that temperature danger zone. All right. Um, when you get at home, making sure you're putting it away. Now, a food prep tip can also turn into a safety hazard if you do not know how to handle your food correctly. So a lot of folks, what we like to do in our house we keep the little uh, fruit serving trays mm -hmm. um, because, I mean, they're so sturdy. You don't need to throw them away. And we pre-chop all our vegetables and stuff like that. So we're meal prepping throughout the week. But with that, we want to do it quickly within a certain time frame and put it away. Making sure uh, that you're putting things in airtight containers. Uh, making sure um, that, your, uh, that your refrigerator is actually reading 41. All of those things, man. I know I'm getting off like I'm no, teaching NC Safe Place right now. I mean, but shout out NC Safe Place. Yes, 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 yes. Absolutely, y'all bring it every time. Good material on a continual basis. Oh, um, man, I, I, I can't like bringing things in, making sure there are no. We even uh, make sure there's no pets in the kitchen when we're trying to put away the food. We don't want. Uh, Dog linking around and slinking around trying to get into stuff or trying to get around our feet. Um, also, making sure that um, you have uh, proper uh, storage capacity because you overload it, it'll affect the temperature of that refrigerator. All right. Now, when we get ready to cook those items, we need to have a game plan. Just like, you know, if you go into a football game without a game plan, you asking for a beatdown. Um, for the most part, you know, unless you just got it like that. But for the most part, if you go into a, a game or a match without a game plan, you asking for you asking for failure. So if you fail to plan, I mean that that's shot through right there already. So we need to make sure that we are designing our kitchen space in which we have adequate places to separate things. So you know your um, high risk foods are going to be here. So if I'm doing some type of chicken dish, go ahead and put that over here. Do all I like to do all my vegetable prep first. So I like to get it all prep ready, covered, and possibly even cooking. And then I will do um, my, my bird or something like that. But also you can do the opposite. So um, you can do your bird or your meats clean afterwards, especially if you got a tight space clean afterward because I do either one. I do my meats and my bird and then I clean afterward and then I have that going and then I come out with my fruits and vegetables and things like that. Um, make sure you're keeping those surfaces clean. Making sure that you know the difference between, we're going to talk about that later, cleaning and sanitizing. Um, and then making sure when you're cooking that food, because you can overcook, especially something like chicken. Chicken breast, you can overcook it so easy. One of the tips of how not to overcook it is bringing the thermometer into play. Um, and I did have one, I think I might've left it on my desk, Jordan, but 
having that digital thermometer to go ahead and get that temp and stuff like that will allow you to cook the food to the safety, proper safe, uh, temperature that's good for your safety, chicken, 165. Um, and then it'll also allow you not to overcook that meat. Then if I got vegetables, that's 135 and stuff like that. And then I don't want to keep that food out without temperature control. What is it? Over four hours? Mm -hmm. And it always that has to be composted or throw away. See, we don't automatically just go to throw away. All right. So you got to see if you can compost that food or repurpose that food, not for human consumption, but um, for, for, for something else before you send it to the landfill and things like that. But that's just a quick overview of like, what I'm thinking about when I'm cooking here or I'm cooking at home. Gloves for things that are going to be um, served uh, raw. Like gloves are one of the best things. And keeping those ingredients. Now, if it's going to be served raw, I like to go ahead and get that out of the way. Because usually if it's served raw, it's cold or room temp, right? So at home or in the office, I like to go ahead and get that out of the way. Um, that way I don't have to worry about contamination, get it out of the way and cover it. But if you're talking about just walking through, like that's immediately what was coming through my mind, man. I know I've been rambling, but ah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, and one of the things you were talking about as far as like when you're purchasing food and you're trying to keep it out of the danger zone and keep it the uh, temperature controlled as quickly as possible, right? Mm -hmm. We're talking about when you transport it from like the grocery store to home. You also can, that can be applied to within the grocery store too. Like if you're going, going in and you have, say you're, going to be purchasing a lot of different things you know you're going to spend some time in the grocery store you know it's not going to be one of your quick trips then maybe start with the things that don't need to be refrigerated first yeah so come in and say you know you're going to get cereal mm -hmm. you know you're going to get your um uh your your like pre-prep stuff that like doesn't need to be refrigerated mm -hmm. um, crackers cookies whatever it is you get all that stuff first maybe your um toilet papers your paper towels all that stuff and then circle around and get the things that need to be refrigerated Mm -hmm. um, some fruits and vegetables, um, mm -hmm. dairy products, things that are oh, frozen, yeah. right? Especially the frozen oh, yeah. stuff. Um, things like that. So you can get those last. Yes. You know, that way you're keeping those as cold as possible for as long as possible, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then combining that with how you're transporting it to and from the store, too. So keeping it oh, in. Yeah. If you can, I know it's rough for me, too, as far as like making sure I have a thermal bag or mm -hmm. a cooler or something to put things into, too. Because, you know, you, go, you come on, you're on your way home and you're just like, oh, I need something out of store. Right. Like think about it. Like, oh, I forgot my cooler, whatever. Right. Um, but you know, you can do other things that help control that as well. That's right. For sure. That is right. Um, and then, you know, it also leads that to kind of just understanding how bacteria work and like food mm. safety and stuff like work. So we uh, we have that the the acronym BATOM, right? Yep, like food, BATOM. Acidity, acidity, time, temperature, oxygen. A, a, uh yep, oxygen yeah, and, and moisture, moisture control. Yep. Um, I'm about to say the A twice, that, <laughs> you know, but oxygen and and moisture, right? So, uh -huh. you know, bacteria is just like us, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So it needs food. We yep. need food to survive. Uh, we need a certain acidity. Like, yep. you know, we can't get too acidic or too basic or that's right. going to cause some issues. Um, you know, uh, we need to control for time. Yep. Uh, temperature. We don't like to be too hot or too cold. Right. Same thing for bacteria. Need oxygen. Most, you know, most organisms need oxygen to survive. Oh yeah. And then moisture. You know, we if we go outside, especially right now with this heat wave. Oh yeah. <laughs> if we go outside right now without at least a, a bottle of water or two or seven, depending on where you're at. <laughs> this um, you may not make it back inside. You need some moisture. Back to oh, the yeah. same way. So when we talk about controlling food, we don't want to, you know, leave food out in 
in environments that allow for bacteria to get to it. Like right. favorable conditions. Um, we want to, you know, some items that we have at home that we don't need to refrigerate, like your, um, say like your vinegars and stuff, they're high acid, right? So mm-hmm. we're not, not really con- uh, worried about bacteria growing in those. And then other other uh, items that are shelf stable is because they've been controlled for a certain, um, oh, yeah. in a certain way for bacteria. Um, for the, uh, the oxygen, you know, sometimes we have low oxygen packaging and stuff like that. Um, moisture can be um, restricted from bacteria by sugar or salt. You know, we talk about canning and preserving and stuff like Drawing that. Drawing that moisture yeah. out. Yeah. Or dehydrating as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of things we think about when we talk about controlling for, uh, you know, putting up controlling measures for uh, bacteria. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, some other things we need to think about as well is just general personal hygiene and like cleaning and sanitizing. Yeah. Um, so the main thing, we've, we've been through COVID at this point. Washing our hands, right? Oh, yeah. You know that is like you don't do anything else from what you you know you've seen us talk about or heard us talk about. Wash your hands, man. I've seen, yeah, I, I've seen the spike in washing your hands specifically during COVID. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I could say, even when places we know should have had signs up, I said we've been trying to tell y'all. <laughs> We've been trying to tell y'all to wash your hands. Right. See. Y'all found out. They said you finna find you found out real quick. It makes you think how many people weren't washing their hands before that. But I digress. Mm. <laughs> I've seen some ain't wash their hands after the fact, but I digress on that too. <laughs> Random, but I saw a podcast about it was this girl that was saying that she doesn't wash her hands on her, like she thinks it's a waste of time. Anyway, not get too far into that, but mm. don't be that girl. <laughs> mm. Don't Let's, be her. Uh, the main thing, wash your hands for sure. And then, you know, the timing of what, because, you know, we, we, we know the concept of, like, we need to wash our hands, soap and water, you know, 20 seconds, dry the oh, paper yeah. towel. Um, but hand washing can be broken down even further than that. Like, like as far as, you know, thinking about the, the, the components of washing your hands that, that, that are important. Like, so that friction is important for mm-hmm. removing the germs. Same thing with the paper towel. In between. The paper towel is important for uh, scrubbing off, you know, some extra bacteria debris that, could, that you could have left behind. Mm-hmm. Um, getting in between the nails and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, all that's very important. Also, like just the timing of when to wash your hands. Some people don't know that you need to wash your hands between prepping certain dishes, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're prepping chicken or prepping something that you know may harbor a lot of dirt or something, it's probably best practice to wash your hands in between. Oh yeah. Or if you're like scratching your head or like you, you know, you get them, you know, pick up. Um, something that may be dirty or, you know, messing with the child or the dog or whatever. You need to go back and wash your hands before you go back into pre- prepping that food. Um, That's so one of the tasks. number one things that I always can tell if people handle food quite often, especially mm-hmm. in a professional setting, mm-hmm. is that when I see them cook, they don't do a whole lot of fidgeting and touching their face. Mm-hmm. That's how I know. That's mm-hmm. one of the indicators. Not all ways, but yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's always funny when, like, I'm teaching a class with kids, and um, we have them wash their hands and get ready to, to, to prep food. The um, first thing they do when they come back is like wipe their eyes or like dig in their ear. And I'm just like, yeah. oh, do this. Yeah. Defeating the purpose. I just sent you. <laughs> right. Go wash your hands. Go wash your hands. Go wash your hands. But um, yeah, so hand washing, very important. Um, we talked about cleaning and sanitizing. We kind of want to expand on the, the idea and then talk about the difference between, because we people think cleaning is sanitizing um, when it's a separate thing, right? It is separate. It is separate. So um, 
I'm gonna break it down even in the three categories. Okay. Um, so y'all, we have cleaning, which is removing debris. So that'll be like sweeping your floor, right? Brushing your teeth to get all the gunk out. And then we have sanitizing, which would almost pretty much be like mopping the floor. Um, you get a little bit more dirt off and stuff like that, but you're bringing that pathogen level down to a safe level, all right? And it's equivalent to a mouthwash. So you switch mouthwash to get those bad pathogens out, uh, maybe even um, bad breath causing uh, pathogens and things like that. And then there's disinfecting, mm -hmm. all right? Disinfecting takes a little longer, a little bit more power, the agents tend to be stronger. Um, and similar to sanitizing, you're going to further reduce. So you're going to go beyond sanitizing and further reduce uh, the pathogen level um, to just in between what I call it's lower than sanitizing, not quite sterile. Um, and then there's also the fourth level of like you sterilize something like no pathogens are present at all. Which uh, which we don't required. really get into, yeah, especially in the but, safety setting. <laughs> um, but we in our house we clean, we sanitize, and then we try to do disinfecting on a rotating basis. So cleaning, we just want to get something. Um, we always like to make sure it's somewhat moist to clean our area. So we want to get all the debris off. Any like our degreasers, they help us do that. Um, so think, think think of something like dish soap. That'll help you clean an item, right? The hot water help is 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 a contributor to uh, sanitation. So we want to we can either raise the heat and sanitize. That's what a lot of dishwasher functions have on it. But it's a reason why they have three compartment sinks so that you can get the debris off. You can wash it. And then there's a sanitizer. You can dip it in. Sanitizer always have to have a contact time. Cleaning, not necessarily. You're just removing debris, putting that degreaser on it, something like Dawn, getting that, that put some elbow grease to it, some friction. Get those. Um, and sometimes the bad passages will die in that process. But then you're sanitizing. Either you're applying heat or some type of food-grade sanitizer. All right? Um, a lot of times we use things... In our house, we like to go natural, so we'll use antimicrobial things like lemon, vinegar, a lot of your acids that will attack some of those bacteria. However, we 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 uh we also know that there's a time and a place for our bleaches and things like that, and our designed uh, uh, sanitizers and disinfectants. And you read your label; that's your safety. Somewhat we call a makeshift. Safety that it has all your safety information on the label. Do not throw away that bottle of cleaner, sanitizer, or disinfectant because it's going to tell you how to handle it, how to mix it, and what to do in case of an emergency. Quick side note: If you do take your cleaner or sanitizers and put them in another another container, make sure you label them right. Yep. Make sure that you put this is chlorine bleach, this is whatever, right, so that you don't use something in a setting that's not supposed to be used for. Right. And create a guys or some type of science, what we call science experiment. Science experiment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not a good thing. Um, but yeah, so we talked about cleaning, sanitizing, you know, personal hygiene, washing your hands. Um, and then you we mentioned um, temperature as like a way to control for bacteria, but we didn't talk about like that. You mentioned the danger zone, but we didn't like actually clarify what that is. So that's anything between 45 degrees and 140. 
Yankees, correct? Um, so forty or is this changes? Forty to one forty, excuse me. Forty yeah. to one forty. Yep, 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 yep. Well, um, yeah, forty-one. Excuse me. Forty to one forty. I'm thinking of something completely different. Anyway, forty to one forty. Right. That is that. That is our temperature danger zone. Right. Um, we want to make sure that we keep things out of that because that's when bacteria can start to like rapidly reproduce. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Below 40, you're talking about refrigerator settings or freezer settings. Oh, yeah. Um, and at least 140 um, as far as holding temperatures, right? Uh-huh. Um, and remember, this is after we've gotten it to the correct cooking temperature. So mm-hmm. if we want to hold something at 140, we need to make sure that, for example, chicken reaches 165 first before we hold it at 140, right? Mm-hmm. So keeping the other temperature danger zone. Um, and then also when we talk about storing our food, too. The safe yep. storage practices oh, are really yeah. important. Yeah, yeah. Oh, go ahead. You, 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 I was trying to say, y'all, we're going to get the calls because this hurricane season is upon us. We will get the calls. My refrigerator, um, my power went out, and um, I have all this food in my refrigerator, and it's been out for the last eight hours. And the first thing we ask, do you have a thermometer in your if you have these things, you will know on that initial open what the temperature of your refrigerator was. Then you will know I need to keep X, Y, Z closed um, and just be keeping a tab on when the power will come on. But that has saved people food a lot. Like that tip has saved people a lot of food just by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing your the temperature in your refrigerator. Um, and knowing how to almost like be prepared for that because you might be able to put some ice packs on the side mm-hmm. to some extra ones to put in the refrigerator to kind of raise the temperature um, on that initial open when you know the power goes out. But you won't know unless you got that thermometer. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, and then, you know, another thing that's important too is how are you putting your food in like an order on the mm-hmm. shelf as well. So, um, for example, Anything that's going to be, say, that needs a higher cooking. Like, for example, if we had chicken, we had, we had beef, and we had fish, right? Mm-hmm. We don't want to put it in order because, you know, chicken and all our meat products, they can tend to have holes in the packaging. They could leak. Oh, yeah. Um, when, especially when they're defrosting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if we have that kind of issue that's common and we put our food in the fridge to where it's, you know, our chicken and beef and stuff is, is above our fruits and vegetables, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and it drips down to our fruits and vegetables, you know, that can cause an issue with, because we're not going to cook a lot of those, maybe. You know what I mean? Oh, if no. If there's fresh, if there's fresh uh, spinach or greens, something like that, maybe it's just for a salad. Yeah. It may not get cooked. So that's a, that's a potential cross-contamination risk that's not going to be corrected for, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you're storing, like, the meats that we're talking about, if we have our fish on the bottom shelf and our chicken on the top, and chicken needs to get cooked to 165, like we talked about. Right. Fish is 145. That's where I was thinking 145. Okay, the fish. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. My man likes the salmon. We both like salmon, so you know, it's <laughs> like when I know I cook my whole cut of salmon at one forty-five. Gotta come through. That's where <laughs> I'm mad. I was like, why am I thinking of one forty-five? I know it's one forty. That's where it, that's where it came from. So, but back to the to the to the uh, example. If you have your chicken on the top shelf and you have your fish on the bottom, and that juice is dripping down, that sh- that fish. If you cook it at one forty-five, you know it's, it's going to be correcting for the bacteria that's normally present in the, in the fish, which you're normally worried about, but it's not going to correct for the salmonella that could be in the chicken, for 
for example, that needs to All get right. to 165 to be destroyed, right? So make sure you're ordering things, um, you know, in a way that's going to keep your food very safe. So you don't want to put your your produce on, you know, right under where something can be dripped onto, um, or or you know, have eggs that crack or something they could drip down to. They need to be cooked to a certain temperature as well. And make sure you're ordering things in the proper way for sure. Yes. Um, they kind of bring it brings us to uh, you know how long we need to keep our food too. Mm. So, you know, after not talking about like I'm talking about like leftovers stuff that leftover. we, we cook. So usually, you know, it's about if you're holding things properly, if you're holding things properly at 40, 40 or below, right? We say about oh, yeah. seven days. Seven days. Uh, um, another big thing as far as food, um, food waste is keeping your your fridge at a certain temperature that, to prolong the the quality of yes, your food. So if, yes, if you yes, have uh, food, and the safety of your food as well, obviously. But oh, if, yeah. your food, if your temperature, if your excuse me, your refrigerator is at a higher temperature, your food's not going to last as long. So mm-hmm. that seven days is according to your your refrigerator being at forty one or below. At forty, that's that's the temperature it needs to be set on for it to be able to last for seven days. That's your for your your leftovers and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, so make sure that you're keeping things safe in the fridge as well. For sure, for sure. Uh, anything else that we uh, haven't touched on yet? I think you have a, a few things um, that you want to, to, to speak on. I mean, for those of you, we don't use them um, at the house. But for those of you who like to be fancy and you like to acquire the meal delivery kits, um, HelloFresh, things like that. Uh, what is it? Blue Apron? Blue Apron. Yeah. Things like that. Schedule your meal delivery kits on a day that you know somebody going to be there. For sure. Um, and the time. Because you don't want that thing sitting out there in the heat. I mean, even if it's sitting in the cold, like, you don't you don't want those extreme temperatures. Because um, even if it's sitting in the cold, like I said, it, you, you could risk somebody taking it. You know what I mean? But also, sometimes things don't need to be in extreme cold. Um, inspect the box. Make sure there are no leakages, no evidence of pests or anything like that. Hold droppings um and then make sure you get the temp of uh your food uh, even when it arrives making sure it's arriving at the proper temp cold food supposed to be cold you know what i mean um and then uh if you need to send something back work with the food company all right so whoever it may be but yeah those are some things um same things apply you want to keep everything clean and sanitized you want to separate out those um, high-risk foods from the low-risk foods. You want to cook to proper internal temperatures, and then you want to store um, at proper temperatures and things like that, all right? Um, so at the very top of the fridge, like Jordan was saying, you want to have pretty much your RTE, ready-to-eat, minimal cooking foods. Maybe you, if you got a, maybe say if you have four layers, you have your 135, uh, degree foods, fruits and vegetables, things like that. But what you'll see a lot of times are our fruit and vegetable crispers are down at the bottom. Mm-hmm. So what we do at the house, we go anything that we can just consume, pop in our mouth, ready to eat, put it at the very top. We'll usually go like your eggs, your things like that, um, you know, right below it. And then we'll eggs, milk, all that stuff right there. And then we'll go um, 
any type of uh, leftover of any sort, because we know leftovers have to be reheated to 165. Um, and then the, uh, what is it? Um, the crisper will keep all of our food items that we know need to retain that freshness and quality, like your leafy greens and things like that. Um, and then at the very bottom, we will actually put our our chicken. Um, if I have a cut of fish, um, what I might do is putting it in one of those trays um, that I know it won't drip on another food item and stuff like that. But chicken, uh, beef, um, fish like your ground beef, we'll put it on the bottom now that we've pretty much gone um, mostly plant-based. We ain't going to be worrying about that too much longer, but yeah. Um, organizing that fridge is definitely the way to go. And when you get those meal delivery kits, putting everything in its place, having everything have a place, um, will help you out. All right. Um, making sure pantry storage, you got airtight containers. You're not playing around with keeping it cleaned out, rotating stock, bring your first in first out FIFO, right? Not Philo, first in, last out, and uh, definitely not uh, first in, still here, right? <laughs> we don't want to use that FISH acronym, first in, first in, still here. For sure. And, uh, yeah, no, all, all that makes sense. I, li I like the way y'all are doing your spells fridge. I like the way y'all got it organized. We try, man. We try. Yeah, and good luck with that, uh, with the, the new and lifestyle. And the new lifestyle. The new lifestyle. Oh, oh, man. Good luck with that. Ooh. Uh, me personally, I'm, chicken wings. I'm not quite there. I'm not quite there. I've greatly limited the amount of amount of meat that I consume on a daily basis. However, I still I still like my chicken. Yeah, I do. We 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 said, man, we'll get a chicken wing here now. Oh yeah, oh yeah, every for now. sure. Uh, are there any other um, appliances or uh, that that you use um, at home that you know you want to talk about the food safety aspect of those? Um. We use the air fryer. We use the uh, slow cooker, i.e. crock pot. Mm. And we just gave our Instant Pot away, but we use them here mm. at the office. Mm. Um, but man, I'm thinking like knowing the manufacturer, okay? Mm. So knowing how those operate and knowing what temps they cook up to mm. is going to be your friend. Even when you cook that food, according to the setting, you still need to get a thermometer on it. Mm. Don't be lazy now. Don't be lazy. Um, go ahead and use the thermometer on it mm. get that proper tent reading. Mm. Again, if you need an air fryer, what we do is we, if we follow on a recipe, um, or if the air fryer says, hey, you know, there is say, hey, chicken of this cut or um, vegetables need to be like this. We're looking for not only temperature, but we're also, we'll do a break. So if something you need to cook for 10 minutes, we'll check it between five and eight minutes. Maybe like right before it's done, like seven minutes. And then we'll check and make sure the temperature. And if it's at the right doneness um, that we desire for aesthetic or taste purposes, that's when we'll take it out. But if and only if the temperature reads mm -hmm. right. So for that vegetable, 135. Mm -hmm. For that um, chicken, if we're doing chicken, um, uh, 165. And then from there, it's like, how done do I want the mm -hmm. chicken piece to be? Yeah. Uh, we do it. You know, that's one thing I say. We probably won't give up totally. It's them chicken wings. So we always 
Well, that's what we do with our chicken wings. For, for sure. sure. I mean, and we need to talk about also with the food thermometers, there's you know, there's multiple types of thermometers. So mm-hmm. we'd like to recommend using your digital readout instant read thermometers. Yes, um, absolutely. It's a little bit I like those because they're they're instant. You know, right. you're not waiting for the dial to go up or for the or for the digital thermometers that aren't thermometers that aren't instant to, to get up the temperature. You just mm-hmm. so you're like sitting there waiting, um, counting up the, the digits until it gets to the It's you know then that can that can cause issues with overcooking as well if you have to go through and check each you know item and make sure it gets there you know that's more time that's being exposed to heat uh-huh. um so the digital readout you know, the instant read digital readout ones are the best because yes, they give absolutely. you an instant temperature check and you can go ahead and take it off or leave it on there if you need to right. um and then also make sure you're checking at the thickest part of that item you don't yes. want to if you have a, a big piece of chicken and you know it tapers off towards the end you stick the, thermo- the thermometer here that thinner piece is probably going to th- uh, cook through quicker than the thicker part, mm-hmm. right? So to get a proper temperature readout, thicker part, you know, read, read the, th- the thicker part. So that thin part might be at what, one's one eighty. Yeah. But that thick part might not have gotten to one twenty. Might yet. be one fifty. You know, it might not even got like you said one twenty yet. So just be careful with that. Uh, and then when you're checking your your food, like if you have a pan, a sheet pan of chicken, check from different parts of the pan. You know, mm-hmm. we know that, or even in the, even in my on, on the stove top as well, mm-hmm. you cook it in the pan there as well. You know, different parts of your pans may have a hot spot or a cold spot, or your oven may, you know, cook a different, you know, cook unevenly where one part of the pan is getting more heat than the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so make sure that you're, all the chicken is getting to the proper temperature. Check different areas. So check the back corner, check the middle, check the, the left corner. Because you know, each part can be uh, exposed to different, different uh, temperatures. Oh, yeah. Uh, and we noticed, like, during the pandemic specifically, like infrared is great for surfaces. Mm-hmm. So if you have like a, a flat top, you know, the, the the grill and stuff, you can put that thing on different parts of the grill and you know where your hot spot is. Mm-hmm. Just like everybody know when you go and do an outside grill, charcoal, wood chip, anything like that, you know exactly where your hot spots are depending on where your coals are distributed mm-hmm. and stuff like that. For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, so use your thermometers. Make sure things are clean. If, um, make sure things are separated. Things need to be, need to be separated. Uh, keep things at. I said proper temperature already. Mm-hmm. I said that. So that's food safety is not is not rocket science. No, um, it can be hard science if you get to the thick of things. But we we're glad that Ben Chapman and and Candice and Mary all of them over at NC State help us out oh, yeah. with that. So we don't have to do the deep science of it. Um, but yeah, it, the, the basics of food safety are pretty simple. Oh simple. yeah, pretty simple. Um, but you know, wrapping up here, I don't think you've told us a joke, and I'm not letting you continue to deprive us of jokes. Oh wow! So we need our, we need our daily joke, our daily dose of uh, of uh, Vince humor. So, um, do you have one? Do you have a joke for us today? Yeah, you know what I was thinking, man. What were you thinking? We got a, um, we got a couple, a couple birds and stuff like that. We got a couple hands, and um, so we're trying to get them to get the concept of like you lay in the box. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if we were to take a egg out, um. To the to the boxes and put it there ourselves. 
what would that be considered? If we took an egg. Like a, a, a fake egg and put it out there. You know, even a real egg, put it out there just to stage it. What would that be called? Yo, what would we be in that act of? Is it putting the chicken before the egg? Something along those lines? No. If I'm close. I'm far off. Never mind. It, guess what it would be? It would be an eggplant. An egg. An eggplant, which is a wish that we could. <laughs> I wish that we could get our eggplant plants to actually grow an eggplant. We're just on standby right now in the front yard. But yeah, it would be an eggplant. Very corny, very, very, uh, <laughs> okay, solid, <laughs> solid. Um. Oh, and then we can't we can't let our viewers go. We gotta before we uh, talk about our uh, campus updates. Campus updates. Um, you want to start it off when we start it off. I could just go ahead and start it off. I don't have a, a an official um, campus update per se, other than football season is revving up. Let's go for both of our land grant universities. Let's go support. Let's get to a game, bro, man. Be honest, money got to be right for him to get to a game, but do try to support wherever you can. All right. Two, if you need a job. And you would like to work for either one of our land-grant universities. Um, we do have positions open here, okay? Um, so we have, in my department specifically, two expanded food and nutrition education program educator positions open. One for youth and one for adults on the NC State side of the house. Then on the A&T side of the house, we actually have our... Uh, family and consumer sciences agent with a focus on financial literacy position open as well. So do check out uh, guilford.ces.ncsu.edu um, or you could just go um, to uh, ces. what is it? Uh, ces.ncsu.edu and you can scroll down to the bottom and hit the jobs tab or looking to work in extension tab and it'll have all the listings right there. Um, and you should be ready to go. But y'all, we need people. We need people. We need bright minds to join our team. So go ahead and check us out. And not just Guilford County. If you're listening oh, from yeah. other counties within North Carolina or another state, mm -hmm. check out your extension office's webpage for mm -hmm. job postings. Um, you, there tend, tend to be jobs put up there periodically. But, oh, yeah. Uh, people should check out. It's a great I position. mean, I've learned so much since being an extension, even as an employee. Like, we joke about washing your chicken, but I ain't know that nope. before I got here. Nope. I mean, if I keep it if I keep it all the way honest, I did not know that, like, a lot of the things that people were, like, excited about, I'm like, where do you learn that? Or, like, even, you know, when, when I would talk and conversate with folks, and I didn't know that the state fair was only like the, the 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 finale of all the other little county fairs that took place. We didn't really we didn't really focus on that even. 
I mean, I mean, that's the way I see it. Like, you know, people talking about, well, I grew the biggest thing in this county back in the day before I got with extension. I'd be like, so what? Like, <laughs> did you change? Like, what did what did what came of that? But that's something big because it displays the significance and the wonder, and also like what we can do here in North Carolina as far as our agriculture goes. Now that when I go to a county fair or state fairs, uh, state fair, I'm like looking to see what type of agriculture we have. What have our people done? Before I was just when I was a kid, I was just going for the games and the food. You know what I mean? So, I mean, yeah, check check it out, man. Check it out. Check it out. Learn something today. Look at that. Um, cool. But yeah, check out our job posting. Um, especially uh, if you're interested in extension or if, uh, have some background within extension, or at least come to volunteer. There's yeah, volunteer extension volunteers. master food volunteers. We got them right here yeah. in this county and maybe your county all day need bright minds to help us teach in FCS a lot of these food programs. Yep. Yep. Master food volunteers, ECA volunteers mm-hmm. as well. ECA. Uh, so come check us out. Uh, so on the A&T side of the house, uh, I don't have any real athletic updates because, you know, school's kind of out. So people are just kind of, you know, getting ramped up for a new school year and new mm-hmm. athletic events. So just good luck to both A&T and NC State with oh, their, yeah. all their seasons. Um, but one thing that's going on right. on A&T's campus um, that's not uh, sports related, um, an engineering student represents A&T at the Boeing TMCF HBCU scholarship program. Um, I think this is pretty cool. So I I just wanted to highlight this young lady. Um, So rising North Carolina agricultural and technical state university, Aaliyah Terry of Charlotte, North Carolina is among 15 students selected to participate in the highly competitive Boeing Thurgood Marshall College Fund scholarship programs fifth cohort. And so basically what that means is the Boeing TMCF scholarship program provides an unparalleled career opportunity and scholarship for outstanding students attending Boeing HBCU partner schools. This unique opportunity provides students with full full college to career support, opening the door to a full-time career with the world's largest aerospace company. Wow. So congratulations, sister. Congratulations. That's fantastic. And also she from the Queen City. Give a shout out to the Queen City. Oh, Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. So that's all we got for, for our updates, um, as always, if you have any questions or concerns, please feel free to reach out to not only us, but if you're listening mm-hmm. to another county um, that's not Rockingham or Guilford, please reach out to your local agent. They are great resources. Um, and not just for the things that concern food safety or FCS or physical activity that we kind of uh, focus our program area in, but the other agents. So we have oh, livestock, yeah. horticulture, agriculture, uh, field crops, 4-H, you know, mm-hmm. you, you name it. So make sure you're reaching out to those resources. And um, as always, we'll have all the sources that we use for this episode in our show notes. Oh, yeah. Um, and we thank you. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate y'all joining us on our first visual uh, video podcast. Uh, oh, yeah. Hopefully we'll do this again, for sure. Oh, yeah. Y'all take it easy. And remember, stay cool. It's hot out there now. And don't wash your chicken. Peace. Mm. <laughs> I was about to circle back to that. I was about to be a lot more.